Welcome to the Elevate Ordinary episode where I ask my husband to buy me hundreds of dollars of compost next week. Yes. Well, welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. And today we're going to make romantic the idea of a load of crap. Because that's what I'm going to... Because I'm... Yes, I'm going to be buying a big... It's almost springtime and it's time to buy the compost. And so I it's going it to come crap. in on a dump truck and right there, a big pile. It's going to be leaf so, compost. But it's so romantic. But I wish that's it were we're talking crap about compost. Today. So the ro- romance and gardening, we're going we're gonna to talk about those terms, those notions today a little bit. But before we get there, I want to remind you that uh, if you like what we're doing here on Awakened Catholic in general and the show Elevate Ordinary in particular, we invite you to join the Awakened Nation. Go to awakencatholic.org slash donate, become a partner in our mission of sharing truth through beauty. And while you're at it, go download the, the uh Awaken Catholic app at theawakenapp.io is the best way to follow Awaken Catholic content, interact with show hosts and fellow members of the community, and also get some special stuff if you're part of the Awaken Nation. So download that uh, that app here. And finally, are we sponsored by Hallow today? We are. We are. <laughs> Should check that beforehand. We love the Hallow app. Uh, so go to hallow.app slash awaken to get a free premium trial subscription and support uh, Awaken Catholic. It's a wonderful app. We've been following uh, Father Mike Schmitz's podcast, The Bible in a Year. They also got great uh, meditations. And oh, 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 our kids have been listening to uh, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus on The Chosen. Read them the Gospel of Matthew to sleep in in his great Jesus accent. It's pretty awesome. So download the, the Hallow app. And that is all the introductory stuff. So... Uh, today we're talking about gardening and romance. So this, Teresa wants this episode is like the big one for me. Now you got to understand, she's been intimidated <laughs> by this because Teresa was really big on gardening for all sorts of reasons, and she's, she's been worried about she's going to mess this one up. But we'll, but I've, I've assured her that that it's going to be good. It's going to be. Yeah, I put on my gardening raincoat, and that's how you know it's got not your really my gardening raincoat, raincoat. But I thought it looked gardeny, so I decided yeah. to wear it today. Um, I have been really nervous about um, getting this episode right, which probably means that we're not going to get it right. Um, <laughs> I've been planning it for like a year, and I'm sure it's not going to come off that way. But, but my, sorry, go ahead. No, well, what do we do here on Elevate Ordinary? Kind of a, what's our shtick here? Like we, what we do is we look at something that's you know in some sense can seem. Uh, apparently ordinary in our lives, you know, books, you know, or breakfast or, you know, various things that we started with as a starting point, a leaping off point. But then we're, we're trying to, to draw the line, draw the connection between those and the larger spiritual realities, you know, the, of, of our faith and of, of the principles that we live by and of the Lord's active involvement in our lives. But then precisely the next step is then to go back to that thing and recognize that those ordinary things in our lives are anything but ordinary. You know, you scratch the surface just a little bit and we recognize that God's always around the corner, that under every inconvenience, as we've said before, is the opportunity for the adventure if we just regard it properly. And so our starting point today, our leaping off point is gardening, right? Yeah. um, So the reason why it took me so long to do this is because I didn't want this to be an episode about joining into Teresa's hobby. 
you know, me trying to convince you to garden because it's a neat hobby and I want more people doing my hobby. I wanted to express what has occurred to me over the last probably nine years of having many, many failed gardens is that gardening will open you up to the truth of creation. And that that truth is that the world is not sterile. The world is teeming with life. The world is an abundance. It's an abundance of life. And if you let it go, it won't go sterile. If you let it go, it will teem with life. Um, And so I had such a hard time trying to figure out how to connect all of the things that have occurred to me in the last 10 years. But as I was listening to Father Mike Schmitz's book, Um, also known as the Bible, the other day... (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're reading from Deuteronomy and the absolute perfect passage Mm. that kind of ties all of like my entire experience together. Deuteronomy chapter 11, some verse. (laughs) The print is small. It's hard to read. The print is small. For the land. So Jesus is speaking or (laughs) Jesus, God is speaking to the Israelites who are about to enter into the land, uh, the promised land. For the land which you are entering to take possession of is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sow your seed and watered it with your feet like a garden of vegetables. But the land which you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, land which the Lord your God cares for, and the eyes of the Lord are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And if you obey my commandments, which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give you rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give grass in your fields to your cattle, and you shall eat and be full. So gardening has become for me not just like okay, I've got this crappy lawn that I'm going to turn into a garden. Mm -hmm. And I need to take the crappy lawn and make it good, healthy, fertile lawn. So I'm going to buy $100 worth of soil. And then I'm going to buy a bunch of fertilizer, which costs money too. And then I'm going to buy a bunch of seeds. But I'm also going to buy plants, you know, some $10 plants that I'm going to put in here. And then your, your idea of like, oh, I can take this seed and get food from it becomes like, as your mom likes to say, like this $100 tomato. Yeah. So it it's kind of this this imposition onto some like this unnatural imposition onto something that is very natural which is a seed or a plant reproducing. Um and so here I the Lord makes this distinction between a garden yeah and really the way that the world works the way that he created it he created it teeming teeming with life. Whenever I think of, about gardening I connect it with theology of the body. Mm-hmm. I feel like gardening becomes this like theology of the body for the soil. Well, yeah, the world. So nature is this theology. So again, we're, we're referencing theology of the body here and we've talked about it before how if you if you study John Paul II's theology of the body or you hear Christopher West or somebody present, on, present about it, you know, the, the amazing thing about it is that we recognize that just in our bodies, in our being made male and female, and how that's expressed in marriage and in the family, you know, the, the, the third, the other, the child coming uh, coming out of that, 
that we learn God is teaching us about himself through the way that he designed our bodies. Mm -hmm. Well, nature is often ca called God's other book, and nature has a theology. Um, the difficulty, just like with our bodies, is that when we technologically try to uh, tinker with the laws of nature in terms of our bodies, we cause scandal in the technical sense. Scandal means giving a wrong impression about who God is. And when, of course, we treat our bodies, when we abuse our bodies or when we, you know, when we tinker with, with fertility or we, we use contraception, things like that, that the church steers us away from, when we do those things, part of the reason they're wrong, there's lots of reasons they're wrong, but one of the reasons is that they also cause scandal. They give us a wrong impression of who God is. They make us think that that life is something that we have to manage or to avoid or to, to deal mm -hmm. with rather than like, it's a gift of God. Pregnancy is a mistake. Exactly, exactly. Instead of saying your body is trying to get pregnant. Right. And when you get pregnant, something went right as opposed to something went wrong. Right. You know, and the earth is trying to be fruitful. It's not trying to be sterile. It's, it's trying, to, trying to be fruitful. It's trying to teach us something about God. And so the ways that we think about the world and then how the ways that we think translate into our actions with the earth and with plants, with nature, that uh, sort of determines whether nature is allowed to teach us what it's supposed to teach us about God. And the thing is with, with you know, so I mean, that's kind of the dynamic you're getting into is that uh, at least in your experience, as you've gotten into gardening, you've kind of gotten past some of that initial frustration. You've kind of relearned a little bit about the way that we, we look at the world as this gift, this designed, intentional, a second book uh, that God gives us, um, which has taught you more about him. Yeah, my, my favorite gardener. And if you don't have a favorite gardener, you probably you, should. Wait, you don't have you a favorite gardener? You probably should have a favorite gardener. Gosh, my goodness. Um, Charles Dowding. <laughs> look up his YouTube channel. Lovely man from the UK. Um, he says, what does it mean to garden organically? It means understanding enough about your locality, your soil, your climate, your plants, to work with them all in a way that ensures that your garden, its produce, and you yourself are bursting with health. I advise you to forget the rules. Instead, understand better what is going on in the soil and with your plants and in your own garden and work out your methods instead. You may even invent some new new ones or make an interesting discovery. So that kind of reminds me, like, I grew up poor and poor people, <laughs> we eat cheap food, right? So I ate a lot of like Hostess Little Debbie stuff for breakfast and a lot of, of like cheap pasta, you know, like just the 99 cent boxes or like cheap oatmeal, cheap, 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 whatever we could get for cheap is what we ate. And distance, like my parents always had a garden. And so I just, tomatoes came from the garden. They never came from anywhere else. They came from the garden. Right. Um, raspberries came from the garden. We never bought them because they were too expensive. Um, but when I, as I got older and learned more and became a more educated person, I was still extremely distanced from where my food came from. And similarly, you know, as growing up as a woman, I was very distanced from the way that my body works, you know, my body. And I think that this is something that, you know, for all of our leaps in feminism, we still regard like the woman's body as this like scary thing that only our OB understands how to like talk about or can tell you what to do about it. And you just need to be quiet and not think about it and do as much as you possibly can to not think about how your body works. Um, and similarly, like with my food, it came from the grocery store. Mm. 
I didn't know where it came from. I don't know how it got there. There were pictures of like pretty pastures on the food. And I just assumed that that's where my food came lies. from. All lies. <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> um, but both of those things, okay, both in the body and in the food that I put in my body, the distancing from truth or even understanding or even viewing them as fruitful things, health-giving things. I mean, how many of us think our body is like a health-giving thing? You know, like rather, I like it, it puts you in a position to just kind of float downstream. You know, whatever media comes to you about your food, you just accept it. No, that's a new product. And I like the taste of that. And I'd like that in my home. You just kind of float downstream rather than co-creating. And when I began to garden, at first it was just like, oh my gosh, 99 cent packet seeds. We could have all this produce. We could have all this food. And I threw in a patio garden because we were in an apartment at that point. It didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> but I still, I was so intrigued with what we did get that I became a co-creator, a co-creator in this food. And every year since we have attempted a garden and most years we have failed like 70%. Um, like I, I'm seriously, like we had a huge failure in our garden last year and we decided to increase the size of it this year. <laughs> so we are going to buy hundreds of dollars of compost to increase the size of this garden. Um, but I didn't realize I could be a co-creator. I didn't realize that I could participate in this abundance of life. Yeah. Well, what do we mean by that? So co-creation, co I think, is an important term for this discussion here in that there are, there are two extremes that we might take in understanding lots of things in life, our bodies, uh, nature, gardening, or even just, you know, the, the tasks and responsibilities and vocations in our lives. We can, we can swing between two erring extremes, one where we have to do it all ourselves you know, stand aside, God, I've got this. We try to do it all, all on our own. Or on the other extreme that, no, I, I, I stand back and, and God's going to do it all for me. Um, somewhere in the middle there is reality where, no, God has given us freedom and he has asked us to participate with him in our own salvation, in our growth, in our development, in the salvation of others. I mean, what a, what a scary thought that other people's salvation is sometimes dependent on us. Like God allows that. That's the way he set up the universe. Our prayers have effects. We are called to evangelize people. We are called to take care of our neighbor. Like that's, that's scary in the big scheme of things. Providentially, God has given us an awesome and terrifying responsibility for one another. So this co-creation, this is just this reality that you know, we're always in this dance with God in, in every aspect of our lives where he is there at the beginning giving us the grace of our nature, of our, of our intentionality, of our awareness, of our, our, our freedom. But then in the moment, he, he waits for us to cooperate, to, to, to make a move, to do something, to take that first stab on the canvas with our paintbrush, to, to, to break ground in our garden. And then from there on, we are, we're, we're co-creating with him. We're cooperating with him. And again, the fascinating thing about gardening in particular is that it brings you perhaps from uh, our modern life where we, we have gone overboard in, in creating apart from God our perfect, nice, tidy, safe little life back to this place uh, in, in nature where we're, we have one foot in familiar territory, you know, the things that I'm doing, the work I'm putting into this, the thought that I'm putting into this, but also one foot into uncertainty that I have to rely on God for the 
for the fruit of this. I, I put the seed in the ground, but I can't make it grow. So, I mean, I think that's one of the things that comes out of gardening is this getting back to the sense of co-creation that I, I put in the fidelity, I put in the work, uh, but then I entrust it to God. And there's this dance here where I wait and see what he does with the seeds that I plant. And I think, so there, there are two extremes that I can think of um, about how right now in 2021, how we might approach the, the discussion of environmentalism, okay? Mm-hmm. And one is that what humans do to the world is bad, okay? And then the other is, well, we can do whatever we want to do to the world and it will kind of heal itself as it goes and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um and I think both are right, and I think both are wrong, <laughs> um, because God did create create the world to be teeming with life, but our effects and our stewardship, I mean, even it, it even said in Deuteronomy, the next thing that I didn't read is that, you know, your actions have effects, and if you yeah. do such and such thing, like, it will not be teeming with life anymore, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, that lost my train of thought <laughs> well the two extremes you know how we how we consider humans and their relationship with the environment yeah he god called us to have dominion over the earth and you could take that dominion as meaning well that means i can do whatever the heck i want you know and it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter uh, or it could mean you go to the other extreme of well we need to humans are the problem with the earth well no no again this all came from god he made the earth he made it with a nature he made us he made us with the nature and we have this com- this combined purpose we are, again, to co-create with God, to work with God in nature, you know, work with his purposes, work with the design of the plant, work with the design of the tomato plant. Work with the design of the soil. To bring That's about big thing. To bring about health. the fruit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we have friends who are, I would love to have them on the show, but I think that they're just too... They're too busy raising hogs They're too hogs awesome yeah. to be on our show. So they're regenerative <laughs> farmers. Mm-hmm. And, um, what does that mean? Regener- regenerative farming. Explain so actually, so let's go to the Bible. Yeah. So I was always confused when I'd read the account of Genesis, mm-hmm. when God's creating, because he creates the beasts, the beasts, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea and the cattle. And I was like, aren't cattle part of the beasts, right? Like, and then like time and time again, where God is like listing off the animal creation, there's always, and the cattle. And even in what I read, it was like, I will give you grass for your cattle. Mm -hmm. And so I was just thinking like, weird, like cows, like, I I don't know. I just didn't understand why cows are singled out until I, so I'm, I'm a historian. So American history, as the settlers came, the settlers, I just said that, as the settlers came (laughs) across the Great Plains, they said that the grass was so tall that as they were on their horses, they could tie the grass over the top of their saddles. And that grass was grazed by millions of buffalo, something like 30 to 60 million buffaloes lived on this great plain. And when we think of plain and grasses now, we think of like lawn, like somehow these sheep are grazing on this tiny little lawn. But the reality is, is that when cattle like were clumped together, cattle and grazing animals, they were clumped together in like 
thousands upon thousands. So when you saw a herd that was packed together for safety, you know, because they could get picked off one by one by the lions, but they would still be like, think of penguins. Like when you think of penguins in a huge herd, that's why they're herded together mm -hmm. for safety. And so when when the animals like stomp and poop and and chew and graze and then move off of the stuff that they've just pooped and it's peed probably on. really bad for the lawn, isn't it? It's excellent for the lawn. <laughs> it it literally re reverses desertification. Mm -hmm. Okay, so desertification is when the land becomes desert, like fertile land becomes desert. Yeah. So our friends, the regenerative farmers, have taken like desert land. We live in Northwest Ohio, and we are surrounded by desert land. Well, our desert not land, full on desert, but no, po it's poor, it's sterile. Poor soil. It's yeah. sterile soil yeah. that doesn't hold water anymore, and our yeah. Great Lakes have all kinds of problems because the water isn't held by the soil anymore. So they're taking a portion of land that used to be farmland and they are grazing their cattle and their pigs and their chickens in like a particular grazing method. Um, I, Alan Savory, Joel Salatin, I have his book here. Um, I'll link them below um, to regenerate the soil. And they can add like a foot of topsoil in a very short amount of time. Um, and grass is like the number one thing on the earth that like sequesters carbon. So grass is wonderful. So grazing grass and grazing cattle, like it, it's healing the earth. So we started, so our friends are regenerative farmers. Yes. We want them on the show. So what else, where was I going? Well, regenerative farming then, it, it's interesting because uh, yeah, we, we're just lightly touching on this stuff that you'll have to go research for yourself in terms of the, the data and the science around it. But, you know, to put it simply, though, I mean, what we what they're they're finding is that um, is that again that there there is there's so much order in the natural way of things in the grass in the cattle uh, in the way that the I mean it sounds really like sounds really no, hippie sort of talk about no like, like, it's theology it's, of the body for the earth the yeah, fact it's God's that design in the earth yeah the yeah. earth is ordered and when the earth is ordered it teems with abundance mm -hmm. it teems with life. You know, and part of that order is like pooping and stomping animals yeah. and the people who shepherd them, mm -hmm. you know, and at one point it was predators that shepherd them in right. the rainy season and grab whatever. But we can participate in that, too. And again, it's, it's it, it, there, there's an avoidance of the extremes here of either, again, that um, uh, that humans have no responsibility for the earth, that we can do it. We can just tear it, tear it up and and sort of re give it a new nature and ignore the nature that God's given it. Nor is it the other extreme of like, well, humans again are always the problem. And the more that we just stand back and let it do whatever it wants, uh, that's the best. No, I mean like, yeah, you, you leave a, a forest fallow and it gets weeds and thistles and it, you know, it's, it can be better by our co-creation with God. Yeah, actually. So there are part, there are parks in the United States that are like no touch zones mm -hmm. and they're desertifying more quickly. Right. Than some of the areas already prone to desertification. It's because yeah. it needs managed by and that, pooping and grazing. And animals. that's what we're doing. Again, <laughs> that day when God, you know, have dominion over the earth, that we can we can work with God uh, in our gardens, in our in our nature, in our our, our building of, of human culture in the world. We can work with the design of our bodies and the design of the world to create more order. And again, it's it's co-creation because mm -hmm. that that order is there, but God wants us to be his artists. He wants us to be to, to work with him in the design. Again, just like in, in human reproduction, like we we co-create with God 
uh, to bring about new life. But that life comes from him. Okay, so I'm going to nerd out on soil a little bit. Um, this guy, Charles Dowding, my favorite gardener, um, is made famous by his no-dig gardening method. Hmm. And there are a bajillion gardening methods out there, and everybody's got their favorite, and everybody's got the one that works for them. But what really drew me to his gardening method was the history of gardening. Okay, so the history of gardening started in fertile crescents. Okay, we know of the Fertile Crescent, but like they started in river areas like um, in Egypt where the River Nile would flood, clear everything, deposit silt, and then it would unflood, <laughs> the waters would recede, and they would plant there yep. and harvest, and then it would flood again and do it, you know. So this is how agriculture began. began. Um, and so his method is similar to that where you put the nutrients on top and you never disturb or dig the soil. Okay. But what we've come to learn. Oh, so, okay. So this is a theory. Okay. It's a theory that if you don't desert, disturb the soil, if you leave the soil, um, like universe, it's like a universe in there. If you leave microcosm, that microcosmos, um, if you leave that intact, the soil will want to be covered because it has to be moist, right? So it wants to be covered by ground cover and it will help your vegetables grow. Okay, so that's a theory. But the more and more that we learn, we learn that, yes, indeed, certain soils choose, certain plants choose what they want to go into the soil, what they want to germinate. So when you go past a a lawn that's like full of dandelions, just like really yellow in the springtime and you're like, ah, I hate that person's lawn or I love that person's lawn. <laughs> you can eat dandelions. Just don't spray them and you can eat them. <laughs> um, dandelions rectify calcium deficiency <laughs> in the soil. So when you see a place that's like full of dandelions, it's trying really hard to send they... those tap roots all the way down to grab and dandelions particularly grab calcium. And then the when they pull it up to the roots and the roots fall back and die or are grazed and pooped or whatever. There's just so much of a, a circle. Yeah. My, my dad used to tell me about the, he had this book in science class when he was a kid, which was about, the whole book was about, you, well, you take one square foot in your backyard and you observe that year round. And what you're, you can be, you'll be amazed to find is that how many, you know, animals and insects and fungi and plants and microorganisms there's so much life happening in that tiny square foot of land. Uh, again, there's so much more than we ever we ever knew, and we're discovering it more and more mm -hmm. as we we learn about the world. But again, there we we discover this order, this nature that we can work with mm -hmm. uh, to bring about new and, and greater life. Um, but it but it involves respecting the nature that's there. Again, just like with our bodies, we co-create with God, which means we have to respect the nature that's there and work with God to bring about the fruit, neither to disregard the nature uh, nor to to kind of to step back and let it be on its own. No, we're to, we're to be in this dance with God uh, when it comes to nature and, and the garden. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to mention as we, we kind of like wrap up, I wanted to, to mention a couple of my favorite gardening resources and then a few books um, that I think aid the Catholic understanding of the world and the environment. Um, number, well, number, I don't know. I'm not going to number these. I think, they're all, <laughs> I think they're all great. So this one is called In Defense of Nature by Benjamin Weikert. In Defense of Nature. We can't see it. Yeah. Um, so he works with Scott Hahn at the... 
St. Paul, Paul Center yeah. for Biblical Studies. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I think that this probably was his PhD. It's written like a PhD dissertation. Um, but it gets into um, the Catholics' uh, like response, like Catholic ecology, the empire of waste, dehumanization, and food pollution, the pollution of sex, the global warming debate, and uh, a lot of other things. This book is amazing. The The chapter on pornography will probably make you want to vomit. Like it's it's horrific, <laughs> but it's it's a it's an incredible read. Well, it's very telling that all those different t- chapter titles are mm-hmm. in that same book. I mean, that should tell yeah. us a lot about the kind of a book. It's it's, yeah, it's a good good resource. It's, a, there. it's like it would take this like it's this episode, but really well done, like actually well done, <laughs> right? Um, so Joel Salatin's "Folks, This Ain't Normal," um, talking more about what I was talking about with um, intentional grazing and soil health and animal health. Um, Charles Dowding's YouTube channel. I love him. <laughs> He's wonderful. Um, and his videos are just gold. And then do you know that you can get seed catalogs in the mail? Okay. This is Baker Creek heirloom seeds. Like the high, this is, high point of my spring. This yeah. is like a free seed catalog. Look at these gorgeous pictures. And there's like history of all these plants from all over the world, different places in the world. You can order them all and put them in your garden. Um, depending on your zone. It is a fascinating experience because you pick up one of those seed uh, catalogs and there's like uh, 150 different varieties of radish Radish or tomato. Way more tomatoes. Again, we don't, we, we, I talked earlier about how um, different things that we do in in our world can cause scandal in the technical sense. Again, scandal means we give a wrong impression of who God is, his nature. And when we're prevented from really seeing the the biodiversity of the world that God has made, the amazing diversity of life, how how the earth is teeming with life, again, that causes a minor scandal because we don't really see the full masterpiece of who God is. Uh, And so uh, to pick up a seed catalog, it'll help you get get plugged into the reality of the world that God has, has made. And if you or someone you love likes Minecraft... Wait, where is this going? Okay, <laughs> tell me, tell me. Charles Dowding has an amazing video on beets from like seed to cooking. It is amazing. Wait, what now? <laughs> Don't you harvest beets in Minecraft? Oh my God, how do you Please? know these things? Well, <laughs> apparently. That was an obscure reference, but I'm really impressed, honestly. Yeah, It'll be linked below. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and the guys also just did a video game episode over on the men's show. So you should check that out as a well. A video game episode yes. on the men's show. Yeah. I love the men's show. Yeah. Oh, wow. So again, um, as we said earlier, um, this is not an episode trying to convince you all to necessarily start gardening. But the point is, is that in nature, uh, we have this second book of God's where he teaches us about himself. He teaches us about his uh, his bounteous uh, generosity as a father, that he's always wanting to give uh, a hundredfold whenever we cooperate with him, whenever we whenever we avail ourselves of his mercy and love. And so in our bodies, in our gardens, in nature, we, we need to make sure that we're not cr- carefully crafting these modern techno, uh, technocratic, nitrogen, potassium, safe lives. What's the other one? Where we're, we're sort of sterilized. We're sort of, uh, you know, kept too <sighs> safe from what God is doing and wants to do in our bodies and in our in our lawns, in our gardens, in our window oh. window pots, yeah. And eat your dandelions as long as you don't and spray eat them. Your darn dandelions, yeah. It's the time of the year where I go outside with the children <laughs> in our suburb and I forage salad from our lawn. Yes, it's that time of year. 
in that case you're wondering. We're the, we are those people. Well, thank you for joining us again for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. We hope it's been edifying to you. Let us know in the comments what you think, what, what's growing in your garden this year. What's your favorite seed catalog is? Please, I'd love to know. <laughs> uh, and as I said at the beginning, uh, if you like what we're doing here on Awaken Catholic or on this show in particular, Elevate Ordinary, uh, we encourage you to become a member of the Awakenation. Go to awakencatholic.org slash donate to join this mission of sharing truth through beautiful media. We'd love to have you as a partner in this mission. And while you're at it, download the uh, Awaken app at theawakenapp.io. It's the best way to follow Awaken Catholic content, interact with show hosts and fellow members of the community, and get some special stuff if you are a member of the Awaken Nation. Uh, go pick that up. And finally, once again, download the Hallow app, which is a great, great uh, app, uh, guided audio meditations for Catholics. Uh, if you go to hallow.app slash awaken, you can download that and get a free trial subscription as well as support our ministry here at Awaken Catholic. So thank you again for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. God bless you. We'll see you next week. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hallow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.